You're listening to World of Noise right here on X-Ray FM, where radio is yours. I'm your host, DJ Bob Ham. Each week I shine the spotlight on the Portland music scene, talking with the folks making the noise here in town and the folks who are helping make it happen. Later in the show this week, I'll be speaking with Sophie Enlow, a fiddle player and teacher who is also one of the volunteers behind the Old Time Music Gathering, an annual event that celebrates traditional folk music of all stripes. But first... My first guest, Madison Sturdivant, has become one of the biggest champions of the Northwest music scene. That started when she was growing up in Newburgh and when she was writing for the hip-hop blog Respect My Region. Now that she's a full-time Portlander, she's dug into the local community even deeper through her day job as production manager and booking coordinator at the Doug Fur Lounge, and for the past six years as the founder and curator of Girl Fest, a now annual event that highlights female and non-binary artists from the Northwest. This genre-agnostic celebration has grown considerably since Madison's first event in 2014, to the point that this year she has four events on the books, including a songwriter's showcase featuring performances by Robin Bassior and Tara Velarde, and a comedy showcase. The main event, though, is the big draw. Happening at Holocene on Sunday, January 12th, Girl Fest will feature performances by Dan Dan and Basil Strawberry, as well as a headlining set from Seattle-based electronic artist Chong the Nomad. Here to talk about Girl Fest, I'm joined in studio by its founder and curator, Madison Sturdivant. Madison, thank you for being on World of Noise. Thank you for having me. How did this all begin? Kind of by accident. Really? Honestly. Yeah. I was 19 uh, when I founded, started Girl Fest. 19. Um, 19. Wow. I had been blogging for a publication up in Seattle, writing about music. I was actually in college at the time, living in Kansas. And wow. writing about music and researching Portland music was just kind of my link home. Um, kind of. You grew I, up in Newburgh. I grew up in Newburgh. I'm born and raised in, mm. in Oregon. Um, only lived out of state for about a year. But while I was away, uh, music was a really comforting connection sure. back to home. And so when I got back, kind of in the process of just figuring out what do I do now, <laughs> <laughs> I decided to start a music event and wow. up and up and started Girl Fest. Didn't want to start a band, didn't want to No. <laughs> I've always I've always been involved playing music, but I um, didn't want to be out in front of an audience by any means. <laughs> I had kind of gotten over that whole phase of my life and just wanted to find some way to fit in behind the scenes and mm -hmm. um, that just seemed like the way to go about it. Now, uh, did you have it in mind immediately that it was going to be girl fest and going to be concentrating on female and female identifying artists? That actually came second. Okay. The first thought that I had was that I wanted to start an all ages music event and then the the component of working in female artists was kind of um, not an afterthought by any means. No. Always something that I'd been passionate about. But the priority for me as someone who was under 21 was we really need somewhere for people my age to go to shows yeah. and decided that I really wanted to create that space. 
because even six years ago there weren't the, the, all it just shows that people could go to are the big shows here yeah, in town. Yeah, totally. There wasn't really anywhere for local artists to perform in front of an all-ages crowd. Right. Or for someone like me who was 19, 20 at the time and really obsessed with local music. I <laughs> could listen to them. I could buy their albums. But I couldn't actually go to a venue and hang out and dance and right. enjoy their music live. Yeah. I mean, we had PDX Pop now, but that's just totally. an annual thing. And this is as well, but, you know, I, I think highlighting the fact that it is a all-ages event is a huge thing, I think, yeah. even now, even in 2020. So tell me about the first Girl Fest. Yeah, the first Girl Fest was actually in the summer of 2014. It was in August of 2014. We hosted... Oh, I'm, I hope I remember them all. <laughs> uh, Blossom, um, Little Warrior, Daughters of the Dead Sea... Um, Nika and Kahlo, I think, headlined that one. Okay. Yeah. There was at least one more in there that I'm forgetting. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> now, was it also, uh, once you hit on the idea of having it be, you know, female and female identifying artists as your focus, yeah. did you want to keep it as sort of um, open to all different genres as possible totally, as well. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That was that was definitely a goal in the beginning was I felt like there were a couple of events that supported women in kind of the typical, I don't want to say typical, but, you know, <laughs> kind of pop, um, dancey genres. And I really wanted to create something that displayed that women are involved in every corner of this music industry whether they're being recognized for it or not they're right. there and really wanted to kind of pull those artists out of the woodwork so how was it to organize this whole thing and where did you where did you hold, hold the first <laughs> the one, first uh the first three actually were at lola's room downstairs okay. of the crystal ballroom mm -hmm. yeah so how was that for you <laughs> i mean you probably knew folks here in the portland scene and we're you know doing yeah. stuff outside of it but how was it to actually put this whole thing together booking the venue booking the artists i, mean, I, I will say now and in the last few years it is so much fun <laughs> it's awesome i love it um and i definitely in those first couple of years i had support that i could throw questions to and ask what on earth am i doing but that first year it was scary yeah <laughs> i had no idea if anyone was gonna come i was convinced no one would <laughs> i knew i was creating something cool but i had no idea what to expect mm -hmm. i it was definitely a, a strong learning curve um and like i said i i did have a lot of support from really awesome members mm -hmm. of the community um but that first year was really scary and i wasn't sure i would ever do it again afterwards because yeah. it was just so overwhelming and I'm so glad I didn't give in to that fear I'm so glad I <laughs> kept going <laughs> that is great I mean what yeah. was that the intention to do it like as an annual thing or totally. did, okay yeah, yeah going into it, I really wanted it to be kind of a festival every year something for people to look forward to mm -hmm. so over we'll get into the the most the upcoming yeah. event soon enough but uh, I want to talk about some of the past ones about some of the uh, artists that you had play there real big highlights for you of who you were able to, to pull in for a girl fest definitely some really big highlights um, Blossom has performed 
performed at multiple Girl Fests over the years. She's hosted Girl Fest oh, at nice. least once. Um, the Last Artful Dodger has performed at Girl Fest. Uh, Gifted Gab, Paris Alexa, Haley Hendricks, wow. Coco Columbia. Some of my very favorite artists to listen to have gotten to book for the show, which has been a huge honor. That's really cool. Yeah. How many people showed up for the first one? Over like 125. We did good. Not bad. Not bad. It was the same weekend as Pickathon. <laughs> so, you oh, know. wow. You really gave yourself a challenge yeah, on that one. <laughs> I, I actually didn't know until the day of. I walked in and I, I don't even remember who said it, but they were like, oh, yeah, we were thinking about going to Pickathon. I was like, what was I thinking? <laughs> Sometimes you can't think about that stuff, right. though. You got to put blinders on and just, just forge ahead. Totally. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so let us talk now about the sixth annual Girl Fest, yeah. which is happening this coming weekend. Um, a much bigger event than it has been before. Yeah. Uh, you're doing it over two nights uh, and part of a day, too, on Saturday and Sunday on the 11th and 12th. Um, talk about that, about expanding it beyond just like a one evening of music. Totally. So I there were a few... A couple of reasons why I really wanted to expand. Girl Fest has always been kind of this big girl power party and mm -hmm. definitely focuses a little bit more on rock, hip hop, electronic, definitely high energy music. Mm -hmm. And I've always really wanted to create a Girl Fest space for singer songwriters. Um, have have always been looking for a way to incorporate them into girl fest um another demographic i guess that i really really <laughs> wanted to involve was comedy yeah i figured there are some funny women in this town Absolutely. and really wanted to get them some attention so on saturday january 11th we are kicking off girl fest Girl Fest weekend, I guess we can call it, um, with our songwriters luncheon mm -hmm. at the White Eagle. That's going to feature Robin Bassior, Clara Baker, and Tara Velarde. Um, after that, that's from 12 to 3. Mm -hmm. And then at 5 o'clock, we'll head over to the Hallowed Halls and have the first ever Girl Fest comedy happy hour. That's which is great. It's going to be a blast. I can't wait. Do you know who's uh, performing at the comedy oh, half yeah. hour? Sorry. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> Kate Murphy, Becky Bronstein, and Kat Buckley, and then wow. a few other that haven't been announced yet. That is exciting. Yes. All really, really funny ladies. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. I've never been to the Hallowed Halls before. Is that a, that's a recording studio? They're a recording studio. Okay. Yeah, they have a beautiful little space in there and have welcomed us for the night so That's I'm looking forward cool. to it yeah so the next day yep. you were kicking off with a brunch yeah benefit brunch yeah Blackheart is hosting a Girl Fest benefit brunch where a portion of proceeds are going toward Girl Fest and DJ Queen Cash, who performed at last year's Girl Fest is going to be spinning for the duration of brunch. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is a benefit uh, event. I mean, how are you handling that, the funding of Girl Fest and making sure you're paying musicians and yeah. doing all the, taking care of all the stuff that goes into a festival? Totally. Yeah. I am so proud that Girl Fest, every single year since the very, very first Girl Fest, we have always paid our artists very well. That's good. Um, I 
um, that that was always a priority. I was never going to ask someone to come on stage for exposure or anything like that that people throw around. As someone who like worked as a freelancer for a number of years, the, the, the chill that ran up my spine when you said that, yeah. I, I know that feeling very well. <laughs> I had seen it too many times. I had heard friends in music complain about it too many times. And I just always really, you know, mm-hmm. it really mattered that we budgeted out how this was going to work to where the money was going to go directly to the artist. So pretty much every dollar from ticket sales goes directly to the women who are on our stage. Um, And that's something that I've always been really proud of. That's very awesome. So uh, to help with that, I know like ticket sales will help with that too. Are you getting sponsorships and that sort of thing to help, you know? We have a couple of sponsors. X-Ray is actually a sponsor hey, how about of Girl that? <laughs> <laughs> um, As well as the Portland Mercury, um, helping out with some some ad donations and stuff like that. Excellent. Um, but most of the actual financial side of it is from, from ticket sales and support from donors um, within the community. Excellent. Yeah. That's really exciting to hear. Yeah. So let's talk about the main event yeah. happening at Holocene this year on the 12th Sunday yep. 7 p.m. Uh, 7 p.m. a fantastic show again all ages yep which is really really cool <laughs> um a, again a very eclectic lineup yeah. um let's talk a little bit about that um I was really excited to see the headliner of the show which yeah. is Chong the Nomad <laughs> She's an amazing performer, so energetic, so great. How did you decide to grab Chong the Nomad for this year's fest? Have you seen the have you seen the video where she remixes an airliner? No. Oh my god. <laughs> Everyone go look up the video where Chong the Nomad remixes an airliner. It sounds crazy. But a friend of mine posted that on Instagram and I saw it and I thought, who the heck is this? This is so cool. Um, and looked her up and just fell in love with her music. Yeah. She's got such a cool style, um, such a cool sound. And I'm really excited to have her. I think she's going to be the perfect end to the night. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, so also on the bill, I'm going to uh, let you say the next one. Um, Goyaba. Goyaba. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Tell me about Goyaba. She's incredible. Her, I saw her live at a show at Doug Fur mm. um, six months ago. I could be getting that totally wrong. This year was a blur. <laughs> um, at some point in the last year, I saw her perform. I try to her performance is like beautiful and gritty at the same time like this perfect balance of so many genres i wouldn't wow. even know what to call her music it's um 
if everyone heads to Girlfest's Instagram, I have a post that describes it very well, <laughs> better than I will right now. But she just mixes so many different sounds. She raps and sings over tracks. And yeah, I am just, I was blown away and just like instantly within the first song that I saw her perform knew I wanted her on this lineup. Wow. Yeah. It should be said that the the Doug for Lounge is where your day job is yep. as a production manager. Production manager so and booking manager. That must be really good to be able to curate a festival from like oh yeah. I see those those artists are great and so it's you can so start. much fun to kind of get to preview some different artists that way nice uh, let's just keep going down the lineup here yeah. we got uh, the indie rock band Pool Boys yeah like it like it don't like it what are you trying to say that I discovered at Dunkfer, actually. <laughs> um, they actually um, have been kind of on my radar for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, they are just so unique and cool. I mean, their sound is definitely indie rock, indie pop rock, but they just have this really fun way about it. Um, and watching them perform is just, you can tell they have like within the band they have this chemistry that is just like really fun and endearing to see on stage that's really cool yeah now um the next band that's on the list is Mm -hmm. dan dan and i've talked a little bit about this band in the past um they we have a member they share a member with uh blackwater holy lights and uh they were on the last episode of the show uh my guest savante pope was hyping blackwater holy light as one of her favorite records from last year so uh yeah um Tell us about Dan Dan, please. Dan Dan is this funky synth pop band. They have kind of this nostalgic sound that I just really dig. to is also a member of Blackwater Holy Light. (laughs) Um, And yeah, they they also just have a really fun chemistry on stage. Mm -hmm. They play with tooth synths facing each other and then the percussive instruments kind of in the back of the stage and just... They're going to be a blast to kind of get the the energy going at Girlfest. Now, um, rounding out the lineup as far as like the performers yeah. um, is Basil Strawberry, mm-hmm. who is uh, an amazing electronic artist, one of my favorite local artists right now. Um, how did you stumble upon her work? Oh, man. I am I have not actually seen Basil Strawberry live yet. Oh, cool. I You're am so looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm really, really looking forward to it. I'm trying to remember how I discovered her. I think a friend of a friend just suggested her, and I checked her out, and Again, it was one of those like instant, instant moments where I stumbled upon her band camp, started playing a song and was just like, oh, my God. Wow. Like, (laughs) this is so cool.
really like I've I've had a few of those moments, but this year especially, where over the course of the year, I would just find these women making music in Portland and Seattle and have these like light bulb moments of like, oh yeah, this is really cool. (laughs) (laughs) This is really awesome. Basil Strawberry was definitely one of those. Nice. So rounding out the entire evening will be some Mm -hmm. uh, DJ sets by No Manches of the Noche Libre uh, collective, a fantastic uh, collective of DJs that uh, celebrates uh, Latinx music Mm -hmm. and dance sounds. So it's going to be a fantastic evening of music. It's going to be a party. Yeah. so excited. <laughs> I'm glad you're feeling excited about it now and not really stressed out because we're talking all. before <laughs> this event happens and it's nice to hear you're not just like chewing your fingernails like, oh, all these details I've got to worry about. No, That's this great. year I am feeling just like so really just excited and optimistic and just ready to see everybody there. Now, if I have this right, yeah. you want to expand girl fest beyond just a one weekend kind of thing to have it be host like regular events under that umbrella i would love to yeah absolutely yeah um in 2018 we actually did a seasonal series Mm. called she divine um which kind of venue hopped all around town that one wasn't all ages and Ah. i really once it got going just kind of felt like it was it had had its moment throughout 2018, and that was where it was meant to stay. I really kind of wanted to hone back in on that all ages component that was so important to me. Right. Um, but it was really fun, just kind of getting to getting to see the girl fest experience happen throughout the year and kind of evolve throughout the seasons. That was that was a blast. My ultimate goal would be to take girl fest to seattle that's that's kind of that's kind of the next the next step i think and then i would love to kind of start doing stuff all year nice let's go worldwide (laughs) right why not (laughs) i mean would that be uh something you would like to have happen to be able to be able to pull in artists from outside the northwest yeah oh absolutely absolutely i definitely you know, we've grown so much since 2014, and I don't see it slowing down. I would really love to just kind of keep building and keep growing. That would be amazing. Yeah. So, um, okay. Well, in that, with that in mind, yeah. dream headliner. If you could pull oh anybody my gosh. in, oh yeah, I'm gonna put you on the spot. <laughs> oh man, I mean, where do I even begin? <laughs> dream head. Okay, ultimate dream just- headliner would be Sleater Kinney. Like. Come on. That, that would be was perfect. my like favorite band growing up. I would, I mean, SZA, I don't know. There's really no one I would say no to. Sure. <laughs> if the st- sky's the limit, then let me just keep listing. <laughs> How much time do we have? <laughs> so where, if folks want to uh, find out more about the artist, listen to the artists yeah. and buy tickets, where can folks do that? I would, for tickets, I would head straight to Holocene's website. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be your most direct bet. Um, our website, Girlfest Northwest sorry, girlfestnw.org um, has some information about the full schedule mm-hmm. for the whole Friday, Saturday. And if you want to get tickets to the comedy show, I would head to our, our website. Our Facebook event is actually all of our social media is girlfestnw. And there's lots of information on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and 
all over. Excellent. Well, yeah. again, uh, Girl Fest 2020 happening on January 11th with a songwriter's luncheon at the White Eagle and comedy happy hour at the Hollowed Halls. And on the 12th with a benefit brunch at Blackheart and the big main event at Holocene. Madison Sturdivant, thank you so much for coming on the show to talk about thank this. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. <laughs> If you've lived in Oregon long enough, you might already know that our state and much of the Northwest has become a hub for old-time music, that pre-country and bluegrass sound that was popularized for a generation of listeners by the music in the Coen Brothers film, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? But for decades prior to that, fueled by the communal traditions of folk music and events like Wintergrass in Bellevue and the early days of Pickathon, as well as tons of smaller jam sessions and dances happening on a weekly basis, this music has planted strong roots in the city. That is what has allowed the old-time gathering to thrive for the past 21 years. What originally began as a basement hangout for a bunch of musicians has turned into a huge undertaking, with this year's edition of the gathering taking place over five days and nights, with square dances, workshops, open mics for kids and teens, and even a Sacred Harp singing event. As well, there's headlining concerts by some well-known out-of-towners like Bruce Molsky and the Midwestern Ensemble Steam Machine. To learn more about this year's old-time gathering, I'm joined by one of its coordinators and performers, Sophie Enlow. So, um, maybe we could just ask, like, what your role is with the, you know, do you have, like, a title or something like that with the gathering, or? No, so the gathering is, um, it's run by a committee of volunteers. Okay. So I'm just one of the committee. Um, and it's also put on by a nonprofit called Bubbaville, mm -hmm. which is an all-volunteer um, nonprofit that specifically supports traditional music and dance in Portland and the surrounding areas. Very cool. So I'm also a board member of Bubbaville. Okay. But that's the most official that it gets, pretty much. <laughs> Very official. But this is the 21st all-time gathering. Is, which yes. is crazy. How many times have you gone or performed? Oh, so many times. Um, I think the first time I went was 2003. I okay. was a junior in high school. Wow. And had just started listening to old-time music, and um, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and then the next year, I got to perform there for the first time. And, I've yeah, it's the, there are a lot of old-time musicians in Portland who play at the gathering every year. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty typical. Like, this year, I'm going to play for a square dance, and last year, I got to play a concert. So there's a lot of... A lot of us who get to contribute a little bit okay. pretty often. <laughs> so what was your entree into old-time music? I was, so I was a um, classical violin student, mm. and I was in high school, and I was feeling pretty burnt out, just kind of like a lot of pressure to be really good and super competitive, and I had to practice all the time. And then um, on my 16th birthday, my friend took me to the Red and Black Cafe. Oh, yeah. Did you ever go there? I did, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, to hear her dad's friend's old-time band. Wow. Which is called the Government Issue Orchestra. And, um, and I was like, wow, they're having fun. <laughs> that looks so much more fun than what I'm doing. And so I asked the fiddle player, Michael, as Mario, for lessons. And he introduced me to a bunch of people in town who play old-time music, and I learned from them. And, and Michael is the one who actually started the Portland Old-Time 
gathering that okay. first year. It started off, I guess, as a party in his basement, and then just kind of grew and grew and grew. Wow. Yeah. And it has grown into quite an event, because uh, I think there's four or five different venues where it's happening at this year, mm-hmm. and it's uh, a number of performers. I couldn't even count this. I'm looking at the list right here, and it's something like, so many. like 30, maybe. I don't mm-hmm. know. There's a lot of performers. Mm-hmm. And are they mostly Northwest folks, then? They are mostly, yeah. yes. Um, a lot of local people and people coming from Seattle and up from California. Um, I think the the folks coming from farthest away are kind of bigger headliners. Okay. Bruce Molsky, I think, lives on the East Coast. Um, and then there's a band called Steam Machine that are mostly out of Minnesota, and they're coming to play our Friday night concert as wow. well. That's really cool. And you say it's an all-volunteer thing, which is wonderful. Um, how? So what is the sort of the funding mechanism behind this to help get bands like artists from Minnesota to come out here to perform this thing? Do you, do you have any idea on that? I do. Um, well, we don't pay very much. <laughs> we, it, so it started off, this, this event started off as just like nobody got paid for anything, and it was just a bunch of... Portlanders playing for each other. Right. Um, and then as it's gotten bigger, people have come from farther away. And so um, we've started to offer some travel stipends. And we have one artist in residence every year now who mm-hmm. um, comes and plays like our big concert and teaches some workshops and then spends a few days going to visit local schools and after school music programs. Oh, cool. And so we pay this person, um, you know, a sort of normal amount for an old time (laughs) festival um but it's been kind of a big value for the committee for a long time ever since it started i think to kind of keep costs low so that it's very affordable to go to and that's why so many of the performers are local because we're here already and you don't have to pay us to come from far away. <laughs> but we also sound great. I'm sure. Yes, I'm quite well, well aware of that. <laughs> so who is the lucky person that is uh, being brought in for the workshops and for meeting with students and stuff like that? That's Bruce Molsky mm-hmm. this year. And he is just one of the most well-loved and well-thought-of old-time musicians around today. Oh, wild and furious blew the blast And the clouds were hanging round When the Dandenong from Melbourne sailed To Newcastle port was bound She had 83 poor souls on board Through the storm she cleaved her Of Jarvis Bay, and I dream of you. He's a great fiddle player, and he plays banjo, and he sings, and he's played in lots of different bands, and he's been doing it for many, many years. Mm -hmm. Um, He's just put in a lot of time to becoming a great musician and like digging really deep into traditional music and finding cool old music to play, but making it his own. So we're excited to have him. That's very cool. Um, I was excited that uh, there's a group of teenagers that are performing here, the Sassafras Sisters, which come from Olympia.
how did you folks come across those ladies? They, well, there's a, a kind of small but wonderful old-time scene in Olympia. Okay. Um, and we just kind of all know each other from going to music festivals, and um, they have a, a similar festival in Olympia that mm-hmm. a lot of Portlanders have been to. Um, and these kids, I think, pretty much just grew up with the music around them and <laughs> have been playing since they were little. Um, they were in another teen band called the Bull Weevils, I believe, and then some of them went off to college. <laughs> and so now the Sassafras sisters are the the remaining three. They're wonderful. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, I, I bring that up because I think um, you talked about getting into it when you were in high school, and I think a lot of folks who find their way into playing music like this start at a very young age or at, you know, as teens or something like that. So it's exciting to hear that those ladies, the Sassafras sisters, are, Sassafras sisters are going to be there as well as uh, you've got a kids open mic, mm-hmm. which uh, what will that be entail? I'd like to hear more about that. Um, well, so Saturday is our day where we have a lot of um, events during the day and most of them are free. And there's a lot of family friendly events, including that kids open mic, which is it's going to be emceed by a local fiddle teacher. Um, and basically any kid can sign up to get on stage and play something wow yeah it's great i have i'm a violin and fiddle teacher and a Mm -hmm. bunch of my students have performed at it it's super fun and then sometimes at the end they all get up on stage and play like a classic tune together that everybody knows yeah that's really really cool well uh, how how about this Uh, what is the youngest child that you've seen perform at one of those or at a old-time gathering event um last year our friend's daughter who i think was maybe four at the time, Whoa. got up with a fiddle that she um, just kind of put under her chin and like bowed. Um, <laughs> and, and her mom was a banjo player, so her mom was like playing a real tune on the banjo, and the girl was just like, yeah, like bowing on the fiddle, and it was especially cute. That but is there, cute. Yeah, it's kind of that kids' open mic. I think it's like anywhere from like four or five up to teenagers playing. Wow. Amazing stuff. But it's just open for any kid who wants to get up there and do it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen, uh, going to this as long as you have, have you seen that uh, progression of some younger people getting into this music as kids and then coming back again and again and again and performing and getting better and mm-hmm. performing a, a ton? And now maybe they're, I don't want to say like famous musicians, but well-known enough around the, the scene that, uh, yeah, you've, you've watched that happen and watched them grow. Yes. Yes, for sure. Um our friends, though, they have a band called The Onlys. Mm-hmm. Um, they all grew up going to these festivals. It's um, four of them now. But I met them when they were six, and now they're <laughs> 21, which is Oh, scary. my goodness. <laughs> and they're just, like, they're better musicians than any of the people who watched them grow up. And it's so cool, because now we all just play together, and mm-hmm. it's super inspiring. It's a, it's a cool thing about the old-time community is just like always been very multi-generational and yeah so i when i first was in high school and i was meeting people i met people who were my parents age and i met six-year-olds and i met people who had like already finished high school and were in their 20s and seemed really cool and it just kind of everybody <laughs> playing together and it seems um I, what i love about old-time music and, and folk music in general is how it seems like there's not a lot of barriers to get into it. It seems like it's a very open community of welcoming people in who want to learn and who want to, you know, uh, embrace this music. Yeah, I think 
that's often true. Maybe not always true. Like okay. there's a little bit of sort of like, mm, have you done your listening homework and do you play the banjo <laughs> very well yet? If not, you can't be in my jam. But I always, I always felt very welcomed in right from the start, mm-hmm. for sure. Now, was it a, a, a difficult transition from performing classical violin to performing old-time fiddle yes, for you? Yes, it was. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to... I, it was so cool and like so frustrating because I, I heard this particular sound mm-hmm. that I loved, and I had no idea how to make it. <laughs> and I think for a while, like for a long time, I just sounded like a classical musician trying to play. Oh, okay. Type music, and then I just—I I mean, I took a lot of lessons too. I learned from some great fiddlers like um, Sammy Lind of the Foghorn String Band, mm-hmm. and um, Michael Ismario, and um, other local wonderful people. But I, a lot of it was just like going to music festivals and playing all night, and then it just sort of starts to happen. <laughs> But it was it was kind of a transition, and learning by ear too. Yeah, was tricky at first. One of the exciting things about looking at the booking of the festival is, you know, you've got the, so many different types of events. There's regular concerts, square dances, which are very communal, exciting events. Uh, there's you know clogging workshops, which mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting to hear mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. and there's also a nice balance of, I guess, what we would just call traditional folk music and then like you know zydeco and calypso stuff happening as part of the festival Mm -hmm. as well which i saw some folks booked under that umbrella yeah so it is mostly like 90 percent quote-unquote old-time music right (laughs) a hard thing to pin down yeah um but we have one event that we call the cajun and honky-tonk night which Mm. is thursday night um and yeah, I think we're having a couple of country bands and a Cajun band, and there's going to be a lot of super fun dancing. But that's sort of that's our biggest departure from <laughs> from old time music, right? And, and then you also have the the sacred harp singing element yes, of it, yes. which is uh, one of the coolest things I've ever heard. It's so cool. Uh, could you, maybe for folks who might not know about what sacred harp singing is, maybe you could describe that to people listening, if you can. Um, I actually don't know so much, so I I know that it's um, communal singing. Um, and kind of based on religious, it's kind of like a religious singing practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has its own sort of, I don't want to say language, but um, the way that people sort of know what to sing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a cappella, and, and it's like, it's one of those things like square dancing or, or playing where it's definitely accessible and open to people, but you just have to learn a little bit of how it works. Yeah. They, they also call it shape note singing because yes. of the way that the notes are you know, notated on the paper have these very particular shapes, and those were the the notes that you're going to hit. There you go. But it is such a it's such a, a almost alien sound when you hear it for the first time, just because it's not like a, a traditional church choir or even you know like a Pentecostal choir or something like that, or just even you know singing in just like a Catholic church. It's its own thing. Yes. Um, and so exciting that that is going to be a part of this. Yeah. I want to ask as well about your project that you're playing uh, part of the square dance with your band double file oh yeah um 
Double file, it's, it's, uh, we're a band that mostly plays once or twice a year for okay. the old time gathering and maybe one or two <laughs> other times. Um, we're kind of busy and some of us, including me, have tendonitis and can't play oh. our instruments that much right now. Um, but it is a, a four-piece band. It's me and my husband and um, our friends Maggie and Patrick. And um, Maggie and Patrick and I, I met them when I was in high school. Like They were some of the first old time musicians I met. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they were definitely, like, they've been mentors and felt like big, big sister, big brother kind of <laughs> friends to me. And so we've been playing music together f- for a long time, like, <laughs> I don't know, 15 years or something like that. And we all um, co-teach a class together that's been going on for at least a decade now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very comfortable and fun, and we feel very kind of... Um, clicked in with each other and tight even though we only play a few times a year <laughs> uh, but yeah we're excited we're playing the square dance on Wednesday night this year at the village ballroom very the cool village ballroom and should be fun we sound great you should come dance to us <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yes the Portland old time gathering is happening from the 15th to the 19th this year uh, happening as I said at a variety of different venues including the village ballroom on Northeast Deacon the spare room on Northeast 42nd uh, the hostel cafe is going to be doing some jam sessions uh, you've got the Tiffany Center on mm-hmm. Southwest Morrison, which is mm-hmm. be uh, as it says jamming throughout the building and bar area. Yes, which I think is a huge part of the old time music experience is just getting together with musicians you've never played with and jamming. That's the best part. Yeah. Yeah. Was that f- when did you start doing that? When did you feel comfortable enough jumping into a jam session, or was that something you kind of threw yourself in? No. Um. So I had. I'd heard this band and I'd taken some lessons and um, met some people who kind of let me play with them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I went to my first old time music festival, which was um, in Weezer, Idaho. Um, <laughs> and I think that was maybe where I first sat down with people I didn't know and played. Mm-hmm. And it was really scary. But super fun, and everyone was very nice to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's great. It's great to play with people you've never met before, and it's great to to play with people that you just see once a year, and so you get to have your session with the the people that you saw last year, and you kind of get to know each other's style of playing and each other's repertoire. Mm -hmm. It's so fun. That is fun. Yeah. How much jamming do you expect you're going to be doing? Over the course of the week, I'm going to do a lot. I, I hope. Um, as I mentioned before, I have some chronic tendonitis, and so I save my playing for the old time gathering and then one or two summer festivals. Okay, I save it all up, and so I plan to stay up all night and play music as much as I can. Excellent. Now, you said before that you are a teacher of violin and fiddle. Um, is that a, When did that start happening in your, in your life? Was that pretty quickly after you got pretty good at playing violin where you started teaching other people how to play it? Or No, I am. Um, I, I just stopped playing violin for a while and was kind of just playing old time mm-hmm. um, and, you know, doing like nannying and various other things and taking a really long time to graduate from college, starting a music degree and then getting tendonitis and dropping out. Um, But for a while I taught just old time or just fiddle mostly to adults, which is super fun and I still like to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not as 
reliable a way of making a living because grownups just tend to get excited and stay for a while and then leave. Okay. And so um, I've been teaching. Then I went and did like Suzuki violin teacher training, and um, I've been doing that for four or five years now. Okay. And just found some fiddle repertoire books that I can kind of throw in there and teach the kids. They all love learning fiddle tunes. Excellent. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now, are there any any artists that are performing at the gathering that you're particularly excited to see or to dance to? Yes. Um, Bruce Malski we talked about. Mm -hmm. um, And then I mentioned um, Steam Machine, this kind of younger band out of mostly Minneapolis. And Mm -hmm. they play... um, music that's kind of right on the edge of old time and bluegrass. soundy a little bit old time sounding and it's really cool and they're they're super good so they're playing uh that same friday night concert right that should be great and then also that night um laurel bliss and cliff perry they're a duo from bellingham they do a lot of really beautiful duet singing a lot of carter family songs oh, and other cool. old music it's so good oh katie dear go ask your mom if you can be If she says yes, come back and tell me. If she says no, we'll run away. Oh, Willie um, Caleb Clotter and Reeb Wilms are playing Saturday night. They're always delightful to hear. I'm super excited to hear the Sassafras sisters as well. <laughs> um, Tatiana Hargreaves is a really well-known um, fiddler. And she and another friend, Sonia, um, are doing a duo as well Saturday night, I think with more singing, but mm-hmm. also some fiddle as well. Oh, there's, there's so much There's more. a lot going on. That's a good start, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's a lot going on. Now, what, you know, I feel like um, the Northwest Oregon Portland has been a, a hub for this style of music for old time music, and I don't. Do you have any sense of why here over any place else? Is it just because it's been here and grown for as long as it has, or is there something about the community or the area in general that uh, feeds into this? Makes this style of music seem so appealing to to people. Um. Well, I think it's. It's been going strong since the 90s mm-hmm. when there was this band called the Dickel Brothers. Oh, yeah. Um, they, they were much loved by all. Um, and then Foghorn String Band kind of started doing their thing, and um, Bill Martin, who actually Bubbaville, the nonprofit, is named for him. Um, he was uh, older when I met him. Kind of felt a little bit like the patriarch of the scene in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he he was instrumental in getting the square dancing scene starting. Um, I guess I don't like. I'm thinking about old Portland, like when you know <laughs> right. when everybody was living our 1890s dream. It just kind of fit into that DIY lifestyle. Yeah, you know, like let's do it, let's do it all ourselves, and and play like not corporate music, and, mm-hmm. and um, there's a lot of punks wanting to play old time and a lot of like old time musicians kind of taking part of that aesthetic and yeah. that kind of lifestyle. So again, uh, if folks want to find out about the Portland old time gathering, uh, they can go to bubbaguitar.com slash gathering to uh, get all the information about performers, the schedule, get tickets. Uh, there's lots of information about lodging as well. If you're coming in from out of the area um, yeah. What comes next for you after this? Are you just going to just jump right back into teaching? Um, yes, and I'm also going to organize Portland's first ever Klezmer Music Festival. Oh, which is wow. happening in April. That is fantastic. Tell yeah. me more about that, please. Um, uh, so Klezmer is traditional Jewish music from Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. And um, so just backing up a little bit, Bubbaville um, is the group that puts on the Old Time Gathering. We have gotten funding from some different foundations and um, our friend Bill that I mentioned when he passed away in 2012 he left his estate to the music community to just make more things happen Um, and so one of the things we do is support other projects in town Um, we bring people in to go and visit schools like I talked about and um, so one of the things we're excited about doing is um, moving not away from old time but sort of just expanding Mm -hmm. Our, our projects because there's so many different kinds of traditional music. Right. Um, and I grew up listening to Klezmer. My parents are super into it and my dad is a cantor so he's always singing oh, that wow. stuff. And um, so I met some wonderful musicians from Brooklyn. I was like, you guys should come to Portland. And anyway, <laughs> they're coming to Portland. Um, there's going to be, it's going to be a weekend long festival April 17th through 19th. And we're going to have a dance party, a couple of concerts, some workshops, and a singing session. Is that also from BubbaGuitar.com? Will we find information there about that or uh, somewhere else? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> there will be a website. It's being made currently. And I think if you go to BubbaGuitar.com, you eventually will be able to find a link. <laughs> well, that's <Not> definitely, yet. <laughs> well, that's definitely something to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, Sophie, Ella, thank you so much for coming to talk about the Portland Old Time Gathering and yeah. everything about old time music. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That about does it for this week's World of Noise. If you have any questions or comments, be sure to hit us up on Twitter at WONXRay. And if you missed any part of the show or want to hear previous episodes, hit up xraypod.com or your favorite podcast provider and subscribe to the World of Noise podcast edition. Be sure to listen in next week when I'll be joined by the artist known as Trinetti to talk about her new album and the art of sound healing, as well as Steve Rossborough, a recent transplant here to Portland, who will be on the show to talk about the fascinating sounds he has released through his label Moonglyph. All that and more next week on World of Noise. Until then, thanks for listening. <laughs>